This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. What's up, you guys, and welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how to break through training plateaus. Now, this is something that people struggle struggle with from time to time. This happens a lot to people who are uh, have been training for longer periods of time just because it's harder to get your body to adapt to certain things. So we're going to discuss what a training plateau actually is, how to break through it, and then I'm going to share with you really one of my uh, favorite ways to break through a training plateau that I think a lot of people just simply overlook. So again, before we jump into the content of today's show, I need your help and your support to get this show to to move up in the rankings in iTunes. The way that you can do that would be to simply hit pause on the show, head on over to iTunes, and give this show a five-star written rating and review. Again, this allows us to move up the charts inside of iTunes and to give us an opportunity to get in the ears of more people just like you. The second thing you could do, uh, if you haven't subscribed, actually, let's talk three things. The second thing you could do would be to hit that subscribe button. If you're not always already subscribed, that will make sure that you get all the updates of everything that we have going on here with the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. And then lastly, you can go ahead and take a screenshot on your phone, post it on your Instagram story, and then go ahead and tag me in it. I am at Coach Cody Smith on Instagram. I love when you guys do that because I always reshare it inside of my story, and it gives me an opportunity to connect with you and to have conversations with you uh, about the show and about things that you want to see me talk about on the show. So again, iTunes rating and review, hit that subscribe button, and then make sure to take that screenshot so that I can connect with you guys on social media. So without any further ado, you guys, let's go ahead and jump into the content of today's show. So again, I talked about, I basically said that I was going to go over what training plateaus are and then how you can break through them. So I think we can all think of a time if we've been training for you know, longer than a year, I guess we could say, we can all think of a time where we've been really stuck at a specific point inside of our training. And specifically, I want you to think more about strength, uh, your strength training today. There are many times across my career of working out and, um, you know, being in the trenches, working with athletes, I can think of many times where I ran into different plateaus with people. And um, ultimately, as the coach, it's always up to us to really define a way around that. Now, just know that as I kind of go through some of these characteristics of what a plateau is and um, who might, you know, essentially run into this issue and then how to get through it, just know that there's not one of these that is going to work better than the others. More often than not, it's going to be a couple of the different variations that are going to help you to work through this specific phase in your life or in your training. Um, so again, there, there may be some that you've tried that are not on this list. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. Uh, it doesn't mean that I, I don't know about them. It just specifically means that these are ones that really resonate with me and really stick out as to how to kind of work through it. So first and foremost, we have to ask the question, what is a training plateau? So a training plateau and just the, the basic way to think about it is when you're stuck in your training. Okay, so in the science world, they call it the general adaptation syndrome or essentially just your homeostasis. So when you think about that for a second, our body is an adaptation machine. It wants to adapt to certain things that it experiences. I mean, this is essentially how we have evolved over the years is that our body adapts to the different environments, the different things that we consume, 
the uh, you know the frequent radio frequencies that are in the air. Uh, there's so many climate, like there's so many different things that our body is always trying to adapt to, and that's really its job is it is supposed to adapt to things. Now, obviously, there's other ways that you know plateaus and these adaptations occur and why they occur, but generally speaking, a training plateau is when your body has adapted to something. Your body has created something called homeostasis at the current setting of you know what is going on in your life. Now, so now that we kind of understand what a training plateau is on, on more of the science side, um, let's talk about the different stages as to when you might experience. Uh, a training plateau and what type of person is going to experience it in the first place. So I like to kind of think about this in, in three different phases, right? So phase one is what you can consider or what I call the alarm reaction. So the, the first way that your body starts to adapt and kind of learn things is going to take place for somebody who's brand new, right? When you're brand new, your body is just going to be adapting to everything you do in a positive way, right? Beginner gains is something we always hear about. I mean, your inter and your intramuscle adaptations are just skyrocketing and pretty much anything you do will help you to get better until it doesn't. Okay, now that is when you're kind of running into phase two of a training plateau or, you know, the, the, the different stages as to which this can occur. So phase two is called the stage of resistance, right? This is where anybody who has been training for any, you know, sort of period of time, you are going to go through different stages of resistance, right? Stages of resistance is essentially your body has figured out everything you do. It has taken into account your lifestyle and all these different pieces of the puzzle. And it is basically taking you to a place where it's not going to adapt any further and probably is not going to allow you to do anything different or better from a capacity standpoint. So that is essentially the second stage of working towards a training plateau or when one occurs. Okay, and then lastly, you're going to run into something called phase three or the stage of exhaustion. This is the, the, the more negative side of a training plateau, right? This is when you've been under training or over training. I know some people don't like that word over training. They like to say under recovering. That's typically where uh, I, I'll kind of, I sort of lean toward the under recovering side of the house because I think that overtraining is extremely hard to do and in most cases near impossible to do. Um, most often it's going to mean that you're just not recovering from what you're doing, but this is the stage essentially when you're, you're, you're moving from muscle, muscle hypertrophy and getting stronger and gaining more muscle and you're moving into muscle atrophy. Um, and, and this ultimately keeps you from not getting better, right? So again, training plateaus are a good thing in the sense that your body has adapted to what you're doing and that is good. Right? That means that you have gotten stronger, you probably have gotten better, you're, you're probably uh, able to express more power, and that is a good thing. Right? When your body is working towards a plateau, then it means it has it is got to a place where it has gotten better in some capacity or has reached a ceiling of some sort, except for when it moves into that phase three. Okay? So the question becomes, right? now that we understand what a training plateau is or what general adaptation syndrome is, and the different stages in which it can occur or you work towards it, the question becomes, how do we sort of troubleshoot and make these things um, and, and kind of uh, move to where we break through this plateau? 
Now, first and foremost, the first place I'm always gonna stop with everybody and really take a look at, I do this a ton with my remote clients or with my in-person clients at the gym, is I'm always gonna look at their lifestyle first. Okay, so when I say lifestyle, this is essentially talking about your, your day-to-day stresses, right? This covers your sleep as well, your nutrition qualities, or, or yeah, the, the quality of your nutrition, and then the amount of calories that you are consuming. So if you're stuck at a training plateau, and I ask you, how's your sleep? And the first thing you say is, I'm sleeping four to five hours a week, then that is a, an adjustment that I'm going to make immediately and then have you do the exact same training over again to see if you can now adapt and break through that quote-unquote plateau that you are at. Now, let's say sleep is good and you're still plateaued. Then I'll look at the quality of your nutrition. Are you eating enough whole foods? Are you consuming vegetables and fruits to make sure that you get all the micronutrients and minerals that you need? Are you um, sitting down and chewing your food? Those are the things that I'll take a look at next. Are you eating a ton of processed foods, right? If sleep is in line and your nutrition quality is not good, then I would fix your nutrition quality. Then we go back and essentially repeat the same sort of training again. Did you get better, yes or no? Okay, if the answer is yes, then great. We have broke through your training plateau. If the answer is no, now I'm gonna start looking at how many calories are you consuming? Because it is likely that if you're sleeping enough, your nutrition, the quality of your nutrition is good, but you're not consuming enough calories to, uh, you know, essentially foster the type of training that you're doing, then I would add calories to you right now. And and here's something to remember is that if you're a person listening to this and you're in a, some sort of calorie deficit, or you're in a cut period in your diet, your training in a lot of cases is going to get harder and is your performances in your training and your strength is likely not going to be going well, right? And this is something that as a coach, you have to be reminded, or you have to remind your clients is that if they're in a, if you've got them in a, in a calorie deficit and their training just feels like shit, then it's probably going to have something to do with um, their diet and less about some of the other factors. And of course, you want to look at them too, but um, a lot of times calories alone um, are, are a big you know, dictator of how well you're performing and whether you experience these plateaus more, you know, uh, more frequently or not. So again, sleep is good. Nutrition quality is good. Your, we take a look at your calories. You're not consuming enough. We increase the calories. You break through your plateau. If we increase them and it doesn't, then we'll start to look at some of these other factors in your lifestyle, right? Things like your stress. Are you doing things like meditation and journaling and, or, or really any sort of mindful practice? A lot of times stress is always going to blunt the amount of performance increases that you see in your training. So again, First place to stop off with when looking to break through a plateau, take a look at your sleep, take a look at the quality of your nutrition, take a look at how many calories you're consuming, and then take a stop and look at the amount of stress that you are experiencing and can you manage that a little bit better, okay? Moving on from there, then once I've looked past your, once I've looked into your lifestyle and we've examined all the different pieces that involve inside of that, we're going to take a look at your training, right? How much volume are you doing? Are you, are you training at the correct frequencies of whatever, you know, let's say for instance, you're stuck in your squat. Well, how much squatting are you doing? How often are you squatting? Are you following the type of the, the, the proper execution of the exercise? Have you been progressing inside of the training week to week with how much loads that you're, or how many loads you're lifting from week to week? 
that is the first place inside of your training. A lot of times if reps are up really, really high and you are at a training plateau, sometimes simply just reducing the repetitions will you know, show us whether volume is right or not. From there, let's say volume is good. We'll take a look at how often you are doing the specific training, right? So if, again, using the squat as an example because it's a very simple one. If you're squatting low reps once a week and the, the low reps are going good, but you're kind of getting stuck, maybe we squat low reps twice a week. We increase the frequency. Maybe we increase the frequency of the specific muscles inside of the lift that you are stuck at, right? There are different ways we can kind of, we can skin the cat there. Now I'll take a look at your technique. Maybe volume's good, frequency's good. Now we took a look, we take a look at how you are specifically executing in the exercise that you are plateaued at or the muscle groups that you're plateaued at. If we're executing on those, then that allows us to kind of move on to further troubleshoot different things. Once we've looked at volume, frequency, progression from week to week, execution of exercise, et cetera, et cetera, now maybe it might be time to change up the splits that you're running. Maybe you're running an upper lower split from, you know, for week to week. Maybe it might be changed to do like a mixed pattern split where you go push and hinge and core one day, and then you go pull single leg and um, maybe a rotational exercise the next day, right? Ultimately, you can start to mix and max the patterns up just simply to give a different stimulus to the body and cause it to adapt in a different way. Again, but only looking at training and some of these factors if the lifestyle stuff is already in order and that you have got good control of that. You can also train up the specific days you train. Maybe you're a four-day four day a week person that trains and you train Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Maybe you go, um, maybe you go Wednesday or Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Maybe you go Monday, Wednesday, take a, couple, take a day off, either hit your last day of training on Friday or a weekend. Ultimately, just sometimes training or changing the days of your training up can be a good way to break through a plateau and to change things up. Maybe you're a person that lifts specifically in the morning. Maybe this your plateau time might be an opportunity to move to start training at night or maybe mid-afternoon. Again, these are all different ways to look at how to change something to break through a training plateau. So we've looked at lifestyle, we looked at training, all of those things are in line. We've got the training program is dialed in. You've got your lifestyle stuff dialed in. It might just be simply time to take a deload, right? So I like to run deloads in two different ways. The first way would be to reduce volume, okay? So when I'm talking volume, you know, this could be reps or uh, sets, right? So let's say you've been doing squat, five reps by six sets for the past few weeks. Maybe for your deload, I might go, five reps by two sets um, at the same training load that you were using inside of the session, okay? That's the first way, is just simply be reducing the load as much as 50 or 60% for a single week to allow your body to recover and to adapt and to be ready to go for the next training pro or the next training cycle that you roll into. Another way you can do it if you have reduced volume Another way to do a deload would be to just simply reduce loads. Maybe you keep the six, the five reps by the five reps by six sets, but let's say you were lifting, you know, 200 and 210 pounds for those five reps by six sets. Then we could maybe knock it down and reduce it to doing 100 and 
five pounds, right? 50%, right? Reducing load by as much as 50 or 60% is a good way to also deload for a week. Again, you keep the amount of reps and sets that you were doing the same, but you reduce how much by your doing, how much you were doing um, in loading by as much as 50 or 60% is really the other way that I would like to do a deload. So deloads are good because if you think about training and your level of fitness, it very, very similar to like a bell curve, right? When you are lifting and, and doing training, ultimately, as you increase the intensity or the difficulty of your training, the amount of your fitness or your capacity actually lowers, right? That bell curve lowers, that bell curve lowers down a little bit. But when you pull back on the intensity or how much training you're doing or the, uh, the uh, amount of loading attached to it, ultimately your fitness goes back up, right? A lot of people like to call this super compensation. So in a deload period sometimes, that allows you to go through super compensation and to get better and to break through that plateau just by using the deload as your method, right? Deloads are great. This is something I, I think most people do well with the deload depending on how long you've been training. Most people do really well with the deload. Most people do really well with the deload. I would say anywhere from every three to six weeks inside of their training. Again, that's just a, a very general thing or a very general uh, time frame that I'm sharing with you guys, but it is one that is anecdotally from training hundreds of clients for 10 years, something that I've seen that works really, really well. So let's say lifestyle is in line, training's in line, you've done a deload, still not breaking through a plateau. Now we might wanna talk about the order of your training. So when we're talking order of your training, there's a bunch of different ways we can go about this. One of the, the kind of the simple ways to think about it would be when every single session are you doing the specific exercise that you are plateaued in, right? We've been using the squat as just a, a, basic, uh, a basic way to kind of talk about or a, a basic exercise to paint a picture for you guys. But let's say we've been doing the squat on Wednesday every single week for the past four to six weeks and we're not getting better. Maybe we take that squat and we put it to Monday in your week. Now, when you think about that, a training session on Monday versus Wednesday, depending on when your rest days are, most people like to rest either the weekends or Thursdays and Sundays, again, depending on how often you train per week. Moving that squat up a few days allows you to train in a fresher state of mind, but you know, in a cognitive way, but also from a body fatigue standpoint. So when you train that specific exercise earlier in the week, it allows your body to attack that exercise to give it a higher quality of execution because it is not as fatigued. Okay. And then on the other side of the coin, maybe you are training the back squat on Mondays already, but it's the third exercise that you do in your session and that's what you're plateaued on. Maybe we move it up to the first exercise that you do that day and make it more of a priority. Again, less fatigue, more mental clear or more mental sharpness and, and or mental acuity in the beginning of our session versus the end, right? So when we do it at the begin beginning of the week, beginning of the session, you are the most fresh and the most sharp that you'll be pretty much in any day of your training week. So again, ordering the order in which you execute that specific exercise or, you know, muscle groups or whatever it may be, makes a huge, uh, you know, it makes a huge difference as to the type of quality you attack that training in. So again, lifestyle is in line. Training volume and frequency is good. You've done a deload. Maybe simply the order in which you execute on said training, that change might be a good way to kind of work through your plateau. 
Now, that's four different ways, okay? This fifth one here that I'm going to share with you guys is one that I think a lot of people overlook, but we know now through research that the mental side in which how you approach your training is makes a huge difference, as much as 60% difference in how a training is performed, okay? So the, the last one that I'm going to share with you guys is simply having better self-talk, okay? So better self-talk or, or self-talk in general by definition is essentially the voice in your head, right? It's the types of things that you're saying inside of your head as you do things, right? They either reinforce in a positive way how we think or feel about things or how we, or, or how we view ourselves or they reinforce us in a negative way, right? Self-talk is um, something that I've found with working with higher level athletes over the years is that something that they struggle with and when they can really get it dialed in, they can move mountains, okay? So the question becomes, how do we get better at this, right? How do you, you know, how do you work to have better self-talk? I think a lot of it starts first and foremost with creating something called the positive feedback loop. We want to tell, tell ourselves things that gets us in this cyclical way of thought that is more positive, more uplifting, and, and, and more or less going to pump us up before training or before hitting lifts, right? Um, this could be something as simple as, you know, saying things like, you got this, you're strong, right? Lately, I, I, most recently, I had a client who had just terrible negative self-talk, and I gave her a mantra. I said, Keep, every time you get stuck in a place to where you think you can't do something, all I want you to say to yourself is, I am strong, I am strong, I am strong, right? Because if we can get ourselves saying things that are positive, and then we do something positive, it creates this loop of positivity that allows us to move into a better place inside of our training for that day. The next thing you can do, Focus on what to do instead of what not to do, right? So if you're going in and you're thinking a ton, let's, again, using the back squat as an example because it's such an easy way to paint the picture, is if you go in and all you're thinking about is staying tight instead of not getting loose, then you're more likely to do what is necessary much more by just simply thinking about what to do, right? Um, I mean, this is, this is, this is kind of like if I told you, like, don't think about a pink elephant. Like, you're going to think about a pink elephant. You're probably thinking right now uh, about a pink elephant. I, I bet you're laughing about just that thought or, or at least smiling. I'm sure you're thinking about a pink elephant right now, right? And what's crazy is that this has been studied. I think the study was from, like, the year 2000. Um, but they looked into something called the ironic effects of mental control of action, right? And, and basically what they found in the study is that when you think a lot about what you don't want to happen, you actually pretty much ensure that you create the exact problem that you're trying to avoid, right? So my point in the, the second piece of this, you know, better self-talk is to just simply think about what needs to be done or what you want to do and only allow those thoughts to flow through your head, all right? So the next thing with creating a better self-talk is something called thought stopping, right? So, the, you know, I've seen people that have put like a band on their wrist and they'll, they'll pull the band to kind of snap them out of a particular thought. I've seen people that'll do like clapping or they'll jump up and down or they'll spin around. Thought stopping is to have a specific thing that you do that snaps you out of that 
specific negative train of thought that you're in. You, you just need to snap yourself out of it. So you can create a mantra, you can create um, some sort of physical action. I think motion is lotion. So doing something physical helps you to really snap out of it. I know that Tony Robbins, you know, he's not necessarily in a negative thought route, but or a, a thought loop, but what Tony Robbins does before he goes on stage is to make sure that he's in a, in a good place. So he'll jump on a little small trampoline, he'll clap three times, he'll spin around, and then he walks out on the stage with a clear state of mind. Some people listening to this might think this is insane. You may have already fast-forwarded through this part, but again, they've studied this, and they've shown that as much as 60% difference can be made just from your thoughts alone, right? So making sure that we, we do something to snap us out of a negative place is super important. Now, the last piece of working through better self-talk is just simply working on your thought patterns, right? So uh, a thought pattern is just the, the typical way that you work through things mentally, right? One of the ways that I love to help people to get better at this is just good old-fashioned paper and pen, right? Take out your notebook, write down all the negative stories that you think about, right? You can do this like old school, draw a line down the middle. <clears throat> left side would be all the negative stories and all the negative things that you say to yourself. And then on the right side, I want you to write down counter arguments, right? You know, you could say something like, uh, I'm a terrible squatter. And on the right side, your counter argument would be, uh, I'm working on getting better at the squat, right? We want to simply take a positive thing and turn it into a negative and see on paper, like your thoughts physically in, in, in life, put on the paper, allow you to see how you can reframe and to change things. Uh, and they've studied, you know, changing thought patterns. And this specific exercise that I'm talking to you about right now is early, like as recent as like 2017, I read a study about this. So better self-talk as far as, you know, from a breaking a training plateau uh, standpoint is, in my opinion, one that is overlooked, taken extremely too lightly, and um, one that I often will employ when I find that a client is stuck somewhere inside of their training program and they're right in front of that training plateau. So you guys, this is five ways to break through a training plateau. I hope that it was educational and informational for you and that it allows you to view a training plateau differently and then ultimately break through them in a bigger and better way. So thank you so much for joining me on the show today and I'll talk to you next episode. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I release episodes every single week. You can find me at Coach Cody Smith in the gym at Virtuous Fitness WA on Instagram to stay up to date with all things Virtuous Fitness. Before you go, head over to iTunes and give this show a rating and review. That is how we grow this show and make it even more impactful for you. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.